Welcome to the Stony Brook Crossroads Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doyle DeGraw. For more information about this podcast, our community, and other resources, please visit CrossroadsChurchSB.com. So if you can multitask with me, and as we're taking the offering at the same time, I'm going to call the kids up, kids up in just a minute as I light the Advent candle or candles for today. But I want to read the Christmas story, and it's not going to be on the screen on purpose. I just want you to listen. It's familiar. You've probably heard it hundreds of times. But it's always so good to remind ourselves of the events of that time when Jesus came to this earth. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all they had seen as it had been told to them. I just encourage us in this season to take some time to ponder and reflect and remember. Don't get caught up in the busyness and the hastiness of everything, but just stop. Even if it's just taking a minute here and there during the day, stop and ponder like Mary did. So I want to call up uh, Brian and Yvonne. They're going to be with the kids, and I want to bring the kids up too. This way, we're going to come over here by the Advent candle. Sorry. Misdirection. So you guys, they're, they're following your lead. They just came right around the corner here. So you guys come over here just a minute. I want to ask you a question. You guys come over here by the... So Andrew, the seven-year-old now, right? So do you guys remember what the uh, candle was last week? Ask them, can they help you? Ask if they remember. Hope. Hope. Are you sure? You didn't sound too sure. So last week with hope. So this week is another theme, and it's the theme of peace. You know what peace is? Quiet. Quiet. 
Right. Yeah. So, so if your mom says be peaceful, does that mean you need to be quieter? Right. And so peace means quiet. It also means everything is complete. Everything is finished. Like everything today, I heard, Andrew, you're having a big party today for your birthday. Is everything all ready? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out because if it all goes well, that means everything is peaceful. And sometimes peaceful just means everything's complete. So today, we get to light two candles. We get to light the candle of hope. I've always tried to figure out how to do this without my hand shaking like crazy. And then we get to light the candle of peace. Can I pray for you guys before you go? Let's extend our hands towards them and pray for them. Lord, we pray for the kids to have hope and peace in their lives. We pray that you would quiet their hearts. And we also pray that you would complete in their hearts. Be faithful like you've committed to, to complete the work you've begun in their hearts. From the time you knit them together in their mothers, when we pray completeness and purpose in their lives. Raise them up to be men and women of God. And bless Brian and Yvonne as they teach them today, we ask in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can go. <laughs> Peace, child. Peace, child. Those were the 1970s kids. Peace, child. So I'd like you to. Uh, Look at the screen or take your Bible and turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to um, look at this other familiar passage from the season of Advent that is a prophecy of the Prince of Peace. And we want to talk about peace today, and in particular from the perspective that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and also from the perspective that we need to have peace in our life, and I want to have you look at that maybe from a little different angle than maybe you've thought of before. So Isaiah chapter 9, But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali. But in the later time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walk in darkness, walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who dwelt in a land of deep, deep dark, darkness on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, with, before you as with joy at the harvest, as, they, were, as they, are, they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampering warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice, and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, this morning, we want to think about peace. 
Does anybody remember what the Old Testament word is for peace? Shalom. And I want you to think about shalom as we watch this video that comes from the Gospel Project on that specific topic of shalom. Just about three, four minutes. So let's watch this. So with that in mind, I'd like us to look at another passage of Scripture that's in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 26. That talks, it's a promise, a prophetic promise that I think some of you probably have used as an encouragement to yourself at different times in your life. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 1 through 4. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. And then I want us to focus on these two verses in particular. You keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. God has ordained peace and wholeness for us and it depends on where our mind is focused on whether we get to enjoy it or not. We are called to peace. We are called to wholeness. And in the beginning of this verse, Isaiah writes these words, The Lord is our strength, source of strength and peace. And he says to keep, keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And you can't see it in the English, but in the, in the original language, the word for perfect and word for peace is exactly the same. So the right way to read this is actually, you keep Him in shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on you. And any time in the Bible, any time there's an emphasis, like holy, 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 the point is, he's holy. He's, he's as holy as anybody has ever been. And so the emphasis on Isaiah chapter 26 is this. If you keep your mind stayed and focused on God, if you keep your mind focused on Him, you will not only experience some shalom, you'll experience shalom here, 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 everywhere that you turn. That's the picture that's here in this passage. This old author, this pastor named F.B. Meyer says, Understand, dear soul, that it is your privilege to live inside the double doors of God's loving care. He says to you, peace, peace. If one assurance is not enough, he will follow it through with a second and a third. In other words, every door in the house is locked, and I can go to bed with the security of knowing that that door's locked, that door's locked, that door's locked. Everything is in perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. And the picture that's described later, later in Isaiah 26, verse 12 says, you ordain peace or wholeness for us. So I want you to think about the reality this morning that God's plan for us is peace. But I also want you to think about the fact that we all know we're facing things in our life. It just takes a moment to look at the news to know that all around us, there's lots of turmoil and brokenness and confusion. So how do we reconcile the two? And I think, I think what's given to us in this verse is the way we reconcile it is that whenever pressure, whenever difficulties, whenever confusion, whenever something that disintegrates our wholeness and our integration, we need to check and see where are we focusing our mind. Because when our mind is on Him, when our mind is stayed on Him, 
we experience perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. That's the place of perfect peace. When we keep our minds stayed or settled upon, established upon, that's where we experience perfect peace. Now I want you to think about the mind. The mind is, is not just the intellect, but it's, it's about who we are. It's about where our attention, it's where, um, where our emotions come from, but it's not just experience, it's actually focusing. It's where we turn our attention. And so, throughout the Scriptures, the mind is always important in terms of describing, or it's always important in describing what we should do with our mind. We're to love the Lord our God with what? With all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. We're transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. You can have the mind of Christ, Paul says. We're not to have our mind on earthly things, but have our mind focused focus on things above. So it's a matter of where am I going to place my thinking? Where am I going to place the logic of what I do in a situation that I'm facing? And the Christian life is, is not just this unthinking life where I just kind of close my eyes and hang on for dear life, but it's reasonable. It's, it, it's oftentimes filled with logic. I can make sense out of situations because my mind isn't focused just on the situations. My, fo- my mind is focused on the situations with Christ filtering what I see. So to be kept in perfect peace, our mind needs to be stayed or fixed upon Him in His ways. Now, it's shalom, shalom, and our mind is stayed, our mind is stayed on Him or our trust is stayed on Him. The interesting thing about the word stayed is this. It's a great Hebrew word. I just need to have you say it. Samak. Samak. No, it's just a good word. And the word samak comes from the root to prop, or has the idea to lean upon, or to take hold of, to bear up, establish, and just hang on for dear life. I'm going to find out how sturdy this this table is, Jay. I'm leaning on it. It's, it's the picture of, you know, it's a picture of someone that, that has to use a walker because their legs are weak or they need to depend on a cane and they need to use that cane with mindful purpose because if they go, oh, I don't need the cane, but there's weakness that causes disintegration or inability to walk, they're going to trust in that cane and it better hold up because it's pretty difficult to go forward or have the confidence that everything will be okay if I can't lean in and hold on. I, can, I can't rest myself. I can't set myself. I can't stand fast on the thing that I'm leaning on. All throughout the Scripture, there's these pictures that are translated sustained when this word is used. It's the picture when the priest would bring the sacrificial animal and they would bring all the sins of the people and they would pray over the animal, the priest would actually lean over the animal as a picture of, of we're taking all of the weight of our sins and we're leaning them, we're placing all of that weight on this animal. And we're asking the animal to take the weight of all those sins. It's, it's the laying of hands on other circumstances. It's being upheld. It's standing fast in a situation. 
So what is it that sustains our mind? What do we lay our mind upon? What, do we, what upholds our mind? What does your mind stand fast upon? What is your mind established upon? What does your mind lean upon? And the question for all of us as we look at this passage and we think about shalom, shalom, is the question or the issue of having perfect peace. Our mind cannot occasionally come to the Lord. It can't be like, oh, things are going to hell in a handbasket. I better think of God. We need to be thinking of the Lord in the peaceful seasons. We need to be constantly focusing on Him regularly throughout the day. Let me encourage you with something. VJ showed me uh, a tool recently, and there's lots of these are becoming available. There's a tool, I'm trying to think what it's called right now. Pause. So there's this little tool that I put on my phone called the One Minute Pause. And you won't be able to hear it. But for one minute, I can sit and just stop right in the middle of the day. And the encouragement is to take now it's not going to load. But the encouragement is to take one minute in the morning, one minute at noon, one minute in the afternoon, a minute before I go to bed, and stop and say, Lord, where is my mind focused right now? Am I leaning into You? That's what helps us in the times when all of a sudden trouble comes. Because how many of you know that if you wait, it's kind of like, and Amy didn't ask me to say this, but it's kind of like getting the flu shot before you got the flu. I mean, how many of you have been asked more than one time by your doctor, did you get your flu shot yet? Well, you, you need to... If you haven't got your flu shot yet, you need to get it like right now. And I don't know. I may be stepping into controversy by saying that. But anyway, I got my flu shot. We were encouraged to get our flu shot because of Stephanie's kidney transplant. And the doctor told Kathy, you need to have your flu shot for her sake. So that's another way to think about this in terms of finding peace. I need to make sure that I find I'm, I'm focusing my mind, my mind is stayed on Him so that Amy enjoys peace, so that Emily enjoys peace, so that Andrew enjoys peace. Because it's not just about me having peace. Because if I'm disrupting, if I'm disrupted by what's going on, if I haven't taken care of making sure in those seasons when things are all together that I reinforce those seasons, when the difficult seasons come, I'm going to be a mess. And so that's the encouragement that the writer of Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet is giving to us. Here's another place where it's the same idea. How many of you have memorized this verse before? Trust in the Lord with all your strength. I mean, with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Anybody heard that verse before? Anybody know where it's from? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. The picture that's in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 is the same thing. In all your ways... Trust in the Lord with your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledges the picture of put all your weight on Him. And so every time we stop and we go, Lord, where is my focus? 
Where is my mind? And if the Lord says, you're trusting way too much on your own way of figuring this out, then say, Lord, help me to see things the way you're seeing it. And so we trust in the Lord. We don't lean on our own understanding, but we lean on the Lord to trust Him. To lean on the Lord is to be sustained by Him. That's how we trust Him. To trust Him is to be established by the Lord. It's like nothing's going to shake me. I am, I'm stuck right here. I'm not moving. To trust in the Lord is to be upheld by the Lord. I know that His hands are holding me. I feel secure in His arms. It's the picture of being sustained. The battle for trust in our lives begins in our minds. If we trust the Lord, it'll show up in our actions. And if it's showing up in our actions, it means it's reflecting that our mind is stayed or leaning on Him. Now I'd like to have, Steph, I'd like you to put up on the screen a picture of something. This came out of, um, this comes out of a book by Dallas Willard. Anybody ever heard of Dallas Willard? Okay. It's been a while. Dallas Willard passed away probably about five, six years ago. But wrote books called The Divine Conspiracy. And in his book, Spirit of Disciplines, one of the things that Dallas Willard so, so clearly articulates is the fact that Jesus, Jesus didn't come up upon a situation where there's a little boy with demons and go... Oh no, what am I supposed to do? The disciples did. If you remember in the stories of, for example, when this, the, Jesus came off the mountain of transfiguration, the disciples are like, uh, this, this father comes up to Jesus and says, I, I asked your disciples to help me, and they didn't know what to do. And the disciples turn to Jesus and say, this demon is not, this is one demon we've never seen before. What are we supposed to do? What did Jesus do? Jesus said, Let's get the demon out of him. The demon's gone, just like that. That didn't happen because Jesus just suddenly walked into a situation and knew what to do. That happened because of the number of times you read in the Gospels, Jesus retreated to a solitary place and made sure he knew where his mind was focused. He didn't wait for the intensity of the moment. He prepared his heart. So when the intensity of the moment came towards him, he was ready to respond. He was able to go to sleep in a boat when he told the disciples, you need to go to the other side of this, this body of water, he told them in faith to get to the other side no matter what came their way. And when a storm came their way and they woke him up, he didn't say with the disciples, oh no, let's get some buckets and begin to bail out the boat. Because his mind was already stayed on the Father, he was able to say, peace, be still. And so, from this picture, in the middle is a list of verses, but the picture is this. The square, the rectangle says, centered in the mind of Christ. So all of us know that over to the left side, we've got ordinary events of life. Trials, temptations, troubles, whatever you want to put in that category, that's just a pain in the rear end to have to deal with. Just the, the struggles of life that we don't like. It can be from dealing with a Long Island driver to the pressures of getting a bad report about your health. Any of those kinds of extremes. 
And then on the, on the right hand, or the top of the picture, is the action of the Holy Spirit. So if my mind is on Christ, and I encounter situations, and all of a sudden, out of my mouth towards that Long Island driver comes words that don't reflect Jesus, then that tells me something about where my mind is at. And if the Holy Spirit says, uh, excuse me, where do those words come from? That's the action of the Holy Spirit working to convict us and making sure we know where we're focused. And then, over to the right-hand side is the emphasis of a planned discipline to put on a new heart. You're not going to have a mind stayed on God or stayed on Christ and experience shalom, shalom if you don't take time to do the disciplines necessary to get there. Our worship team, they don't just show up on Sunday morning and then it all comes out, the worship that we experience. It happens because during the week, they're worshiping. During the week, they're spending time listening to praise music. They're practicing. They're singing. They're disciplining themselves. And so, in any situations we find that we need to to experience the wholeness that comes with peace, in situations where we need to put the last brick into the wall and we can say the job is done, this is shalomed, it's finished, we accomplish that by making sure that as we face ordinary life events and we listen to the Holy Spirit, we, we spend time in the disciplines of taking a moment to silently listen to Him, taking time to read His Word, taking time to pray to Him by ourselves and praying with others corporately, doing those kinds of things, and then making sure that revolving around all of that is the question of where is my mind right now? Where is my mind right now? So I'm going to ask you that question. Where is your mind right now? I mean, isn't it true that it's really easy to have your mind focused on Christ when you're in the middle of like worship? Hearing this great song and it's just one of your favorites and like, oh yeah, I just love God. But then all of a sudden the kids are whining. Or the doctor says, it looks like you might have cancer. Or I heard this one this week. Somebody's son forgot to check the oil in the car and burned out the motor. Burned out the engine. I won't tell you who that was. When you hear those things, what happens to your peace and your wholeness in that? And the only way you can make it through those things is if you've taken the time beforehand to make sure your mind stays on Him. Jesus said in John 14, John records it, Peace I leave with you. Irene is the word. My Irene I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Do you know what all of our responsibility is? Every one of us has this personal responsibility. As I said earlier, I'm responsible to protect the arene or the shalom of God in my life. And so then when someone else, like Bob or Jay or Matt, 
needs peace. Do I have peace to give as Jesus gave to his disciples? You know, oftentimes if you've been in some churches, it's a common liturgical practice to stand and share with one another what? The peace of Christ. You can't share the peace of Christ if you don't have the peace of Christ. And so we pay attention to what's happening so that we follow the model Jesus set for us. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I'm able to give it because I'm not afraid. As VJ shared earlier about generosity, that's the weird thing about generosity. When you get in a spirit of generosity when it comes to peace, you don't go, I, I, you need peace? Sorry. I, I, I got all the peace. I, I, I got enough peace just for me and I can't release any to you. But if you have a spirit of generosity, you go, I'm not afraid to give you peace because I know my supply is eternal and I'm going to receive enough peace. I've got enough peace to go around to the whole room. That's the attitude that we need to have. That's why Paul says, keep unity through the bond of peace. And becoming a people of peace means becoming part of a life the life of Jesus who reconciled all things in heaven and earth and He makes peace through the blood of the cross. And true peace is taking things that are broken and bringing it to wholeness. How many of you like to get bad news? That's what I thought. But let me challenge you with this something this morning. How many of you know someone even this week that received some bad news? How many of you like to hear bad news from other people? But let me challenge you with something. Maybe the reason the Holy Spirit orchestrated for you to hear the bad news is because you're the one that's supposed to give them the peace. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. Because there's people all around us that need someone to put the last brick in the building and say, listen, your life is a mess. Your life is disintegrating. But here's peace that I can give to you because He's given it to me. Isaiah chapter 32 says, Then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness. That was Andrew's word. Or no, Timmy's word. Quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. That sounds good, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound nice? Peaceful habitation, secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. How many of you here this morning could use a little more peace? Yeah? <laughs> Two hands, two feet up in the air. So I want to ask you to stand. And I want to read you a passage of Scripture that comes from Colossians. But I want to encourage you to put your hands out in front of you. One hand in front of you and one hand on your heart. And here's what the, here's what the passage says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. 
Let those words just kind of settle for just a moment. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And that's what we pray for right now, Father. That the peace of your Son Jesus would rule in our hearts. Now what I'd like you to do is look around you and then put your hand on the shoulder of a person near you and listen to the next part of the verse. Since as members as one body, you were called to peace. As members of one body, you were called to peace. And so pray for that person right now. Lord, give them peace. Give them wholeness. Bring integration to areas that are disintegrated and broken and build them back together for your sake. And then the last part of the verse, and I want you to all turn towards me and put your hands up in the air like this. The last part of the verse says, you were called to peace and be thankful. So let's just say right now, and just quietly just say, Lord, thank you for your peace. Thank you for shalom. Thank you for putting everything together in my life that was broken. And let me bear peace to others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I was a uh, headmaster, principal of private Christian schools, one of the things that we regularly did with the kids was whenever an adult would come in the room, we would ask the kids to stand and they would say something like, uh, Good morning, Mrs. Miguel. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. And I don't know if the kids ever really understood what that meant, but I always appreciated it when I walked in a room and the teacher would stop them from what they were doing and seeing where their minds were at. So they stayed their minds on him to extend grace and peace to someone else. So receive this blessing. It's the one we receive so many times. The Lord bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and give you His grace. And may He give you the light of His countenance and give you His peace. Go in the peace of Christ.